0: A Flavor Odyssey. And the Odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of A Flavor Odyssey. Your host, Robbie Raz. Co host, Randy Griggs. We're coming to you from Lot B, Cigar Dojo Studio, out here in Brisk, California. Randy, brought to you by the fine folks at Drew Estate. The rebirth of cigars. Indeed, indeed, the rebirth of cigars. Episode R, Randy. Are as in Super Bowl? No. Exactly, as in Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, my boys are in the Super Bowl. How do you feel about that? Are you, are you you're a big Forty Nine er fan, right?
1: Um, I'm actually a big Raider
0: fan. Um, mm. So you don't know anything about the Super Bowl. I know a little.
1: Little thing here, there about the Super Bowl. I've, I've been to many. I've it on TV. I, I, I've made it to several <laughs> Niner games over the years. When you they know, were I, in the Super Bowl. No, I, I support local teams. And with my team leaving town the mm. same year that the other team in town goes to the Super Bowl, it's going to be interesting. I think a lot of people that didn't anticipate uh, jumping sides... Um, are really going to be put to the test
0: here. It is kind of interesting, though, when you think about it, because the, the, the Bay Area doesn't really have a football team anymore. The <laughs> so 49ers used to play in San Francisco, if you're not familiar with the area. They play down in Santa Clara now, which is about an hour away. Yeah, basically. So, it's yeah, it's, uh, it's like, uh, didn't the New York Giants play, like, in New Jersey for a while or something like that? I don't know. I thought they still did. Oh, yeah, there you go. <sighs> that team's a hot mess, huh? Anyway, shout out um, Cooper. <laughs> so yeah, excited for the Super Bowl. It's going to it's not I don't like the matchup for the Niners defense.
1: It's the number 1 defense against the number 1 offense,
0: isn't it? It's it's going to be a great game. I'm nervous about the matchup because mobile quarterbacks there were two types of quarterbacks that that gave the Niners trouble this year. Mobile quarterbacks and quarterbacks with a quick release that can throw the ball down the field. Right. And that was Drew Brees. And Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers. just got did. smoked Yeah, but he's not minus. mobile at all. Uh, anyway, it's going to be interesting. I i don't know what the... I think the opening line was like a point and a half, which to me says nobody really knows what the hell's going on. But uh, yeah. anyway, that'll be fun. Uh, this, uh, we will be... Will we still be? In, we won't be in Vegas. We'll be on our way back from Vegas from yeah. uh, TPE Trade Show. That's, I guess we'll get into it right. yeah. a little bit later. But uh, let's jump in and tell everybody episode R. We've got a cigar from Royal Agio Cigars. This is the Balmoral Añejo Exo Connecticut. Uh, it came out in 2018. We'll get into a little more detail on that one. And Randy, what's the beer that we're working with here? We are going to be drinking the Rogue Ales Dead Guy Ale. Mm. Yeah. It is quite tasty. This is a beer that's been around for a while. Indeed. And we, uh, we selected... We want to do something from Rogue because they're kind of fun. It's a cool... Cool brewery, they do a lot of funky stuff. The Voodoo Donuts beers we talked about. Yep, that's right. And a few different things. Um and they're out of Newport, Oregon. So right here yeah. on the west coast with us. Not uh, Portland.
1: No. I'm pretty sure you think that Portland is the only town, city, or
0: municipality in Oregon. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> well, I've it's one of the few that I've been to and uh, all, all and I've said this already, but all the, the big not all the big breweries, but a lot of the big breweries out of Uh, of Oregon greater Oregon have big tap rooms and maybe satellite brewing uh places in um in Portland and I went and visited most of them including Rogue which theirs was uh had kind of a dive bar kind of vibe to it which was pretty cool but they had I want to say they had like 35 beers on tap and it's just a bunch of stuff like funky weird stuff that's what's cool about visiting and we talked about this when we talked about Sierra Nevada and you were in love with the bathrooms but when you, you, you go up to a place, a brewery like Sierra Nevada or somebody like that, and you have, you can try all this stuff that isn't, isn't going to be distributed or mass produced. It's smaller batch stuff that they get to work on, that kind of thing. I always think that's kind of cool about visiting breweries. Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Mm. And so, yeah, Rogue is, has no shortage of that. You know, they and it's funny because, um, you know, this is one of those beers that, um. Back in the day, so Rogue started in 1989, and, you know, styles hadn't really uh, started driving sales yet. And so people, you know, the breweries would make a beer to style, possibly, maybe not. um, But it wasn't necessarily a marketable thing. And so um, a lot of beers like this, I think of this one, or Moonlight, um, uh, uh, Death and Taxes. By Moonlight Brewing. You know, there's there are these cult followed beers that no one knows what they're stylistically uh w- what they what they're supposed to be. Um so this one uh is actually a German Mybach. And no one would know that. People are banging
0: down the doors for the latest Maybach. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so, so
1: they don't they don't even print it on there or anything. Um but I but I did want to say I, I am excited about today's uh uh pairing as uh as while we uh, often are um, kind of pigeonholed and, and uh, you know, we, we go by the alphabet for this show specifically. And so uh, we do have to uh, kind of jump that hurdle. We're often driven towards um, darker beers and darker cigars, uh, trying to find good pairings um, uh, as we go through this show. And so I was actually pretty excited to uh, find out that we had a, a great opportunity with this pairing to do a Connecticut uh, shade-wrapped cigar with a, a blonde or lighter beer. And so it'll be interesting to kind of walk through and uh, have a little bit different flavor uh, expression from, from these two uh, components and see how this goes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's definitely a different take <coughs> than at least what we've been doing lately. A lot of uh, dark beers and, and Maduros, this is uh, definitely on the opposite end of that spectrum. And I really wanted to... Uh, to smoke a cigar from Royal Agio. Under R, there's a lot of different options. Rocky Patel is the first one that pops into, into mind, but there's a bunch of different Roma, ones. Roma Craft. Which one? Roma Craft. Roma, that's another <laughs> one. Yeah, they're, they're, they they make some cool stuff too, I guess. No, just kidding. They make some great cigars. We've featured them twice already, I think. Yeah, that's likely. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, we did the the uh, Intemperance Connecticut. Mm. That's the only other Connecticut that we've done. See? Full circle. Nice. Maybe it's not the only other Connecticut, but <clears throat> anyway. Uh, so, yeah, this is the one uh, that we landed on was the Connecticut. This cigar came out last year, 2000, well, two years ago, I guess now, 2018. IPCPR trade show, Las Vegas, Nevada, Randy, where the elite meet to eat. Um, so Royal Agio had been uh, distributed. They've been around forever. The company's been around since like 1904. Oh, is that right? Yeah, big I time. I did really. Been that. around forever. They, they make a couple other brands. We'll get into that in a second. Okay. So in in the U.S. they were distributed by uh, Drew Estate up and starting uh, starting in 2014. And that uh, relationship ended in 2017. So it was only a few years. Mm-hmm. But that was when I first got to know uh, Royal Agio and when they released the, the Balmoral um, XO. And I think the Balmoral XO, the first one, I don't know, we'll get into that in a second, but it's got like an 18 year old rapper on it. But that was the first time I got into their cigars. And it's got kind of a more European profile, like more of a Cuban style um, because they've been European. They're based in Europe. And um, so that's what a lot of their cigars were like leading up to that. They've expanded since then. So in 2018, they released the Connecticut and expanded their Anejo XO line uh, with a few other releases. We'll get into that. The Connecticut, it's a Connecticut shade wrapper, Randy, as we uh, touched on a second ago. And it's got uh, Ecuadorian Sumatra binder, interesting, right? And fillers from Brazil, Dominican Republic, and uh, Pennsylvania. So I don't know if that's a broadleaf filler or not. Just says Pennsylvania. Interesting. I don't uh, think
1: I've ever heard of anybody ever referencing Pennsylvania tobacco that wasn't Pennsylvania broadleaf. Yeah.
0: Hmm. I I usually see it listed out that way. Yeah. Maybe. It's. I'm sure it's broadleaf. It's probably, based on the flavor profile, it's a very tiny little bit if there is any in there. Yeah. So it's available in one, two, three, four, five sizes. Torpedo, six and a quarter by 52. A Grand Toro, six by 52. (coughs) Connecticut, uh, the Rothschild Massivo, five by 55. The Corona, five and seven eighths by 42. And what we're smoking, the, um, there's a big spider walking across the floor. And it just got my attention I don't like spiders um, I feel like I need to go step on it And uh, yeah I kill spiders, deal with it And uh, this is the uh, Petite Robusto Sorry, that threw me off Four and a quarter by 48 So this is a quick little smoke We normally put in about a half hour of smoke Before we start the show I think we lit up maybe five minutes Before that, we started, yeah. Yeah, if that um, So that's a little bit of the background on the cigar Do you want me to go deeper? Do you want to start jumping into the beer here real quick? It's up to you
1: no, let's get the cigar out of the way. Mm. Alrighty.
0: So uh Royal Agio <coughs> makes uh Balmoral cigars in the US. That's their uh premium hand rolled. They have a brand called how would you say that? Maharis. Maharis. And these are uh their cigarillos. And then they have a company called Panther that i one of those is Machine Maids, and maybe they're both Machine Maids. Yeah, I've the, heard of the Panther yeah, before. The, the, I think that's the big yeah. mass-produced... Yeah, the ones that uh, that most of us are going to recognize, 150% of us are going to recognize, are the Balmoral cigars from Royal Agio. And the lineup is, is pretty sweet. Okay, so the Anejo Portfolio Balmoral Anejo 18, that is the one with the 18-year-old wrapper. It's got a Brazilian Araparaca wrapper, 18-year-old. And... Uh, yeah. So then, there's, then they came out with the EXO, which is the same wrapper, but it's uh, aged up to 10 years is what it says. Uh, on an average, I beg your pardon, aged an average of 10 years. Then we got the Connecticut with the Connecticut Shade Wrapper, which is what we're smoking. The XO, Añejo XO Oscuro has a San Andreas. Mm-hmm. And the Nicaragua has a Nicaraguan Habano. And then we get into the Signature Series, which we talked about a little bit last time, Randy. I'm in- intrigued to smoke these, and we actually said one of the names wrong last time. So there's the duetto, which mm-hmm. is a collaboration with EPC, Ernesto Perez Carrillo, heard to him. And then there is the Pasa Doble, which is a style of dance, I think. Pasa Doble. And my wife was a dance major, in, or I think she was a dance major in college. Dance and political science. Weird, right? Um. And that is a collaboration with Lito Gomez. Mm-hmm. I think in a previous episode we said it was with um, a collab with My Father Cigars, which it's not. Hmm. It is with Lito Gomez. So that's yeah. kind of the, uh, the main line there. And those were, I think the bulk of these were uh, added to the line in 2018 at that IPCPR trade show. So I think it was just the 18 and then the XO and then... In two thousand eighteen they added the Connecticut, Oscuro, Nicaragua, and I don't know about the signature series when those were added. Okay. Well that's that's pretty much it. We can uh they touch on the price point. It's probably the only little tidbit about the cigar I didn't really give. The price point on this particular one, eight fifty. A little pricey for a petite um, Connecticut or a petite uh, Robusto, thank you. Yep. Uh but so far pretty tasty. Yeah, absolutely. Um all right, well, talking
1: about the beer a little bit, we can then get into the flavors. Uh, Eric will show you a sexy little picture of the the dead guy there. So, uh, again, this is a Maybach. Um, this uh, style of beer is uh, it's a German lager. Uh, so we've talked about before um, the difference between ales and lagers is uh, lagers are going to be uh, more clean, refreshing on the palate. Um, they ferment all throughout. Every milliliter of uh, liquid and uh, and so Maibach is um, you know you'll, you'll notice we we did the the show uh, just outside of Munich this year um, and it that was, was a good time yeah it was a great trip yeah we did um, we drank the Merzen style beer, which uh, is brewed in March and comes out in September the Maibach. Is actually brewed in October and comes out in May. Mai is the German word for the month of May. And so um, this is actually a, a richer, more toffee and malt-forward version. A little bit hoppier than a, a Meritzen or a Fest beer for uh, Oktoberfest. Uh, so a little bit more substantial. Um, again, it's going to be you know it being lighter in color and you know very refreshing on the palate. it's gonna have some uh slight uh, grainy characteristics from the malt but really drives that toffee without going into like a sweet caramel but more of just that that rich sweetness that kind of lighter not heavily burnt sugar but um so a little bit of sweetness a little bit of viscosity on the palate Got a nice body to it, you know, medium, medium plus body, uh, for for a lighter color beer, it's um, it's quite mouth filling, and uh, on these on this example, I really don't get any hop characteristic Neither at might. all. Um, it's it's really driven by like a nice sweet, refreshing malt character, and um, yeah, I think it's a pretty good example of the book in general, though. Oh, and it is six point eight percent alcohol. It's funny. I was just going to comment on that. No. Yeah. Can tell us about the actual beer. Uh so it's uh 6.8% alcohol, 40 IBUs and 16 SRM on the color. So 40 IBUs and uh a pale ale is going to come in at 35 to 40 IBUs. So <laughs> um kind of uh more bitterness really coming from those hops and hop aroma or hop flavor as we've both noted you don't really get a lot of hops um But there's some underlying bitterness there that is clearly cutting down on some of the toffee sweetness um so you don't really notice the bitterness uh it's clearly just restraining some sweetness that
0: um is there creating that
1: body um you just don't notice it as significantly
0: yeah i i don't get much bitterness out of it at all Uh -uh. there is a bit of a i always say brightness uh to it that that kind of hits the sides of the tongue that to me resonates as bitter but it's. Uh, <clears throat> I don't taste it. The. I remember this beer as one of the first micro-brews, mm, still micro-brews back then, that, uh, that I got into. And mainly it was because of just of the branding of it. The branding before was a little bit, it's the same, uh, uh, for those of you listening on podcasts, it's, it's a, a skeleton of a guy kind of sitting down. He's got his arms crossed, hands on his knees, and uh, he's holding a mug, and he's wearing some sort of hat. I'm sure there's a story behind it. I don't know it, um, but <coughs> I was drawn to that because I, I I'm tend to be drawn to the macabre a little bit. Is that a way of saying scary death-like l- stuff? Sure. <laughs> and so The dark arts? <laughs> 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 I practice the dark arts, exactly. <laughs> um, nicely done. <laughs> there was. I was telling Randy about this before the show. So th- this beer used to come in jugs, and I know they call them growlers now. But at the time, you could get this was a jug. You get. It, I didn't have to go fill it up. I would just go buy it at the store. Right. Probably still called a growler, but I don't know if the term was that popular. Yeah, at I don't that know point. if the term had really come out at yeah. that point. Yeah. So um, it's a half gallon, which apparently all growlers are. <clears throat> sixty-four hundred liters, Randy. <laughs> I believe sixty-four ounces. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, so I was, I, this was one of the first years that Dana and I, my, Dana was my wife, uh, did a big Halloween party. <coughs> and so my costume was death. It was a horrible costume. I just had this, it was one of my worst. Uh, it was just like a cape kind of thing. And I had a a staff that was like a skull on top of it. And I kind of painted my face like, like it was supposed to be white, like I was supposed to look kind of like death from um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's just what I was thinking. That's what I was going for. Okay. But the, the white on my face turned kind of a bluish mm, and nice. but the whole reason I'm telling you this is because part of my costume was one of those growlers of dead guy ale uh. and I was carrying it around all night and I drank the whole thing and I think I got sick. <laughs> <laughs> Not because the beer was bad just because I drank that plus probably a whole bunch of other stuff. So that's one of my uh, early memories. Of, of Rogue Dead Guy but I haven't had this beer in a while and we talked about let's do something from Rogue oh let's do Dead Guy everybody can get that mm-hmm. actually, I actually had a hard time finding it yeah. which is kind of a bummer
1: yeah I think back you know in those days and I remember it the same way this used to be a, a widely distributed beer um you know there wasn't a whole lot of other micro beers out there to, to compete with you get and, you a micro brew t-shirt yeah, yeah. and then uh nice um, and so, uh, obviously, they've um, they've shifted gears there at Rogue, and uh, I don't think this beer is in quite the level of distribution yeah, it, it once was. It, the market's changed. Yeah, it's still a pretty good beer, though. It's a nice packaging, like you said. They, you know, th- this little skeleton guy that you described used to be this little character in the middle, in of, the middle of, of like a, a circle, and uh, on the bottle, and now it's in a twelve ounce can, and he
0: is. And it's, it's... He's present. Yeah, yeah. He of top matte, to bottom on the can. Matte black, black finish. Good. It's yeah. it's a good looking... It reminds me a bit of the 805 cans. Oh, totally. But without 805 on them, just with... More death. <laughs> yeah, exactly, which is always good. <clears throat> Extra death. Yeah. Can I get my death with the sight of death, please? Um, anyway, so that's a little bit on those things. I will admit this is the first time I've smoked this cigar, and I'm digging it. It's got some nice body to it. <coughs> Medium minus. Mm-hmm. Medium minus on the strength. Probably mild on the oh, strength. yeah. Mild on the strength. But there's a, there's a lot of flavor happening in here. There's some sweetness to it. <coughs> kind of that sweet hay note that you get from a Connecticut. There's some roasted nuts. Not quite like a nougat kind of sweetness, but trending in that direction. Yep. A little mm-hmm. bit of buttered toast in there, almost like maybe a sourdough, but maybe that's coming from the beer. Um, it's, there's a lot of depth and complexity to this cigar. If, uh, if you like Connecticut's, it's one I think you should check out. It's not ramped up like some of the other Connecticut's are going to be with, <coughs> you know, it's a Connecticut cigar, but it's got a, you know, a San Andreas binder. and <laughs> it's, uh, So it's not going to have that type of, of experience. This is much more mellow. Very, very much a breakfast cigar. A cup of coffee would pair phenomenally with this. One of those iced coffees with that uh, cream. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of town. That would be great. But I'm enjoying the the cigar so far, Randy. Your thoughts on this? I know you're not a big Connecticut guy.
1: Yeah. No. I'm still. Um, I'm still kind of uh, developing my palate and huh? my <laughs> and my vocabulary <laughs> um, for a cigar like this. I really like the buttered toast. Point that you made. Um, I think there are some um, much more faint spice characters. Sure. You know, I I, I can't really. Um, it's not cinnamon. It's not nutmeg. You know, it's it's much lighter than that. Maybe a white pepper.
0: Um, On the retro, I get that. For yeah, sure. yeah. It was hotter at the beginning, and I I mean most cigars. I think the retro hail especially right off the bat is usually going to be a bit hotter. So maybe it was. <clears throat> it was never to me like a red pepper or anything like that but it's just a hotter white pepper it's mellowed out it's very easy to retrohale and you have to retrohale a cigar like this in my opinion you have to retrohale all cigars in my opinion but it's like you plug your nose and eat a steak i think it's not going to taste the same so if you're not using you know if you're not retrohaling you're missing out on that flavor uh for those of you who are newer to cigars retrohaling is is exhaling through your nose uh i've i've gone back and listened to some of our shows and i think we assume the level of cigar knowledge is really really high Mm. and uh i don't know that that's fair so i think we can kind of with some of the terminology i want to try to point some of those things out yeah um because you never know i mean we assume that uh that everybody knows most of the people watching are cigar guys and gals but um for those who are newer uh retro hailing is not it's not easy to do um but to me you get a ton of flavor through there and with this this cigar if you're not retrohaling you're missing out on let's say it's a seven layer dip you're missing out on like five of those layers i
1: was hoping you were going to name the layers and call out like
0: the beans and <laughs> um
1: no that's that's no, totally not true no i not going to do that i'll tell you you know it took me several months honestly uh once i started smoking cigars um and i had read early on what retrohaling was and coming from a uh, sensory um Kind of background. Uh, to your point, you know, in beer we say that sa- that the aroma is seventy percent of the flavor, mm-hmm. um, as you you can Same only thing. taste five things on your tongue. Everything else that you sense is an aroma. You know, so you don't taste watermelon, you taste sweet. Um, and so I'm I'm big on uh, you know exercising the effort to expose your olfactory to uh, to uh, those. Those chemical compounds, those aromas, to be able to like really understand the full flavor that that's in here. Uh, but it did take me months. Uh, but once you get doing it you know, with frequency and you work at it, I don't even notice it. I think I retrohale every single uh, time I take a, a draw off of a cigar. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm really enjoying this cigar. I think that uh, I agree entirely with uh your whole layout, you know, as as I have just recently uh, joined the ranks of a reviewer on Cigar Dojo. You have um, I have I write reviews. Big damn. But Robbie Raz doesn't read those yeah. reviews. Kind of hurts my feelings a little yeah. bit. Um, but uh, but but you know, <laughs> thinking to how we go through the reviews, you know, we don't speak to the construction in these pairings very often. Oh. And you know, I'd love to point out you know and i saw you had to relight that was because you were talking um this has had fantastic construction the draw has been extremely easy it's not loose at all it has a very nice tight thin combustion line that has stayed very very uh steady um barely wavy at all um, so not only is it very flavorful i think it's uh, excellent
0: construction as well well, thank you for that astute assessment, <laughs> Master Reviewer Randy. <laughs> no, I, I I do feel like a, a bit like a jackass because Randy's written a couple of reviews and he's asked me for feedback <laughs> multiple times, and I, I keep telling him that I'm going to read it and I haven't. I promise, before the next ep- during the next episode, I'm going to give you feedback on your reviews. We'll have a, a, a feedback segment. Oh, I love that. Sound good. That would Perfect. be fantastic. Now, now, everybody out there, 150% of you are going to hold me accountable <laughs> to this, and I will read them. Hopefully, I will have written another review before then. I read all your reviews, just so we're clear. <laughs> Thank you. Have you gone back? and? and yeah, the, actually, you- oh, All the way back? The, no, no, we no. Just for C.R. Back, Dojo. Back
1: into time. Uh, The only one that you've written that I have not read yet is the Davidoff- a uh, year of the pick. Oh God, that was
0: such a good cigar. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah, I think that's why I haven't read it. I'm jealous. I didn't get yeah. one of those. You know, it's interesting. You brought that up. So the year of the rat is the one that's come out this year, right? And I saw and I shared this uh, with in our. We have a a text chain, a dojo. The four of us text chain, and we share kind of. We'll talk about business, but we talk about like funny stuff too. And I saw this infographic today. Oh, yeah. Of of the year of the rat, and it was broke. They, they broke it down visually into thirds with, with the uh, flavor components. I just thought it was really really interesting the way that they did it. Now, granted, I want to smoke the cigar anyway, but after reading that, it's like I want to smoke it even more. The problem is they cost like forty bucks. That's yeah, that's a bit of a that's a bit of a turnoff in yeah. my world. You know, yeah, but, I I
1: go all in on those uh, ultra super premiums usually, but even that one's
0: even I'm not.
1: Really willing to do
0: that. Well, I'm going to track one down. And if I could track down another, uh, was it the Year of the Pig? Is that the one that I reviewed? Yeah. That, God, that's a, that thing was a beast. I loved that cigar. It was a big ring gauge, too. I think it was a 56. Oh, really? Much bigger than I usually smoke. Maybe a 54. All right, regardless, those are both bigger than what I usually smoke. Yeah. <clears throat> loved that cigar. Um, let's talk about the beer a little bit. I know we talked about the you know, IBUs and international bittering units. Correct. Just, uh, again, with the terminology. I don't drink a lot of my box. Nope. But I'm finding this very enjoyable. Yeah. It's kind of, it's like if you smoke a ton of Maduros and then you smoke a ton of Habanos and then smoke in a Connecticut or smoke in a Cameroon, it's going to, it kind of resets your palate and it's very, you know, so many IPAs, hoppy, 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 and this is just not hoppy at all. It's a or barrel aged, I feel like is the only stuff that I drink nowadays. So to get something that's right down the middle. That um, <laughs> sorry, I just got a funny text message um, get something right down the middle is kind of refreshing, pun not intended
1: all right uh, yeah, no I yeah, I agree with you though it it does st- strike a, a kind of a different vibe and different feel when to your point, I'm right in the same uh, wheelhouse as you as I'm drinking. Imperial stouts or IPAs uh, most of the time. Um, And so finding something like this, it's not nearly as light as going like a a domestic lager or or a Mexican lager. Um, It's so much more full-bodied. It's so much more malt-focused. And so to have a lighter beer that's nearly absent of hop character and still have it be that flavorful and Mm. filling um, without being overly intense. And so... You know, speaking of the intensity uh, here, you know, I'll go ahead nice. and ju- ju- just start Sorry, I blew bunch of smoke in your face. Um, you know, I think uh, we both agreed these were, you know, in the medium uh, range of intensity. So I think these are matching really well. I feel like I'm going uh, very comfortably back and forth between the cigar and the beer without mm-hmm. either one of them uh, overpowering the other. Um, I think uh, the beer with the sweetness can linger on the palate a little bit. And so even as I take the first um, and second draws of the cigar after a a sip of beer, it's really, you know, those flavors are melding on my palate and they're kind of sticking around. And um, so I think intensity, we hit it dead on.
0: Yeah, I was a little worried uh, at the beginning when I'm smoking the cigar, the first few puffs had some spice to them, and then it kind of died away pretty quickly, which is fine because I think it melded into a nice, um, just kind of group of flavors that didn't necessarily need that spice. And when that spice went away, I thought, man, this beer is going to be too strong. Mm. But, <clears throat> and it, it might be a little bit more, uh, a little higher on the intensity reading than the cigar is. I think it's it's within. <laughs> within a working realm. Mm-hmm. I I find them to, uh, yeah, like you said, not really overpowering each other. Maybe I'm just making a longer story out of it that they, the, the intensity works. For me, the flavor hook is kind of that, that caramel toffee note in the cigar, yep. w- or I beg your pardon, in the beer, with that kind of roasted nuttiness mm-hmm. in the cigar goes really, really well together. It's kind of got like... Like, you know what Almond roca is? Oh, there you go. But like thin uh, oh out the chocolate candy. just a little bit. Right, right. It's like that. And that's that doesn't suck.
1: No, that is a great, great uh, kind of visual comparison of what I've got going on the palette here. Hmm. Uh, I agree with you entirely. I think this is working extremely well. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and jump on into it and say I give this a, a strong thumbs up uh this is uh, highly recommendable and something I'll revisit with frequency
0: absolutely i give a thumbs up as well very enthusiastic this to me has like it's a sunday afternoon maybe you're not watching the super bowl but it's like like in the springtime when you just you're just, mm. just kind of just chilling you don't have anything to do and you're just just a nice afternoon pairing it's not going to be too heavy i know like if i want to smoke a couple more cigars after this i'm going to be good there's there's a lot to like about this. Yeah. It's just, it's there's so much flavor and my palate still feels really fresh. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't feel like it's not overly um the the beer isn't overly strong. It's a little filling maybe. Yeah. Yep. But uh, beyond that, I feel like if I wanted to do like a two pairing day, this is pairing number 1. Yeah. Yeah, easily. And then jump into a maduro with something heavier, you know, would be nice.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's fantastic. Hmm.
0: Well, it's good. I'm glad that I can—sorry, I keep blowing the smoke right in your face. I'm glad that uh, I'm opening your eyes to the wonders that are Connecticut cigars. Yeah, no, I—you know, I,
1: I've been making an effort on that, and, we, you know, uh, a lot of conversations is we're we're still at the tail end of Cigar of the Year uh, mm-hmm. kind of season. And uh, there's been a lot of talks about the trends of the year and, y- you know, what uh, manufacturers were, were focused on. Cameroons and Medio Tempos had a, a little flare-up um, this <laughs> year for sure. <laughs> flare-up sounds bad. <laughs> uh, they had a surge. You get that, get a shot, right? get that cleared up. Uh, but, but, no, I, th- I think, um, you know, I've heard some people say that uh, it was a strong year for, for Connecticut with um, uh, some really nice additions coming out, obviously, for... Uh, cigar dojo cigar of the year um we actually named uh the number one and two cigar of the year were both connecticut's with the hoya de nicaragua numero uno and the uh southern draw uh rose of sharon desert rose edition um those took one and two for us uh as as connecticut's and so I, i have got a chance to smoke more connecticut's this year and this, I mean, quickly jumps, for me, into
0: top five Connecticut's that I've, wow. that I've smoked. Now, would you say, <clears throat> this is kind of a tangent, but the resurgence of Connecticut's is kind of akin to the resurgence of lagers and craft beer? Oh, that what is a, a very bad little
1: corollary there. Yeah, no, that's very true. You know, we, t- we talk about that, obviously, with the, the better for you trend that we see in alcoholic beverages uh, with people being more, um, conscious of their caloric intakes um, you know trying to drive more to some of those lighter easier drinking beers that mm-hmm. um, as you said aren't nearly as filling they often also don't uh, hang around the the waist quite quite as much they don't grab on They kind of <laughs> let go <laughs> yeah yeah. You know, yeah they let you do your thing they do theirs uh, it's, it's a good it's a good thing it's
0: it's interesting I, and, and I look at especially in, in beer trends and this is just my opinion that it's it's more difficult. I don't know if this corollary makes sense, but it's more difficult to make a a lighter beer. Very much to make a, a a a crisp and clean lager. Even if it's just a basic crisp and clean lager, is really really difficult to do. Make a double IPA. You just you cover up all your mistakes. You just if you make any, you just throw more hops at it. Yep. I, yep. It's uh, <clears throat> and it's easy for me to say because when I make beer, I just drink it myself. But um it's definitely just that's for me since i've started working in the industry whenever i go to a new brewery i always look and see if they have a lager or a kolsch or something along those lines and that's the first thing i'll try not because it's probably the first thing you should try mm-hmm. but i think you get a, a decent idea of the brewery if they can make a pretty good lager right. or a kolsch they can do just about everything else it's always been a red flag for me i'll have friends you know they know i'm a beer judge and they'll want to share their
1: their adventures at breweries and can't tell you how many times I, I've just kind of had to laugh. Everyone wants to come back and tell me, "Oh, I went to this little Podunk brewery and in the middle of the woods, and man, their stout was delicious." Well, you, you could fall down and make a, a, a pretty decent stout. It, it takes a lot more uh, acumen and, and technique to deliver um, a flawless light beer, like you said. So, do you think that that uh, is relevant in cigars? Is it easier to make? a uh, blend tastes good if you're working with big rich maduro uh, leaves versus where you, you again you can't cover up some of those flaws or, or, or uh,
0: less um, appealing flavors with, with the lighter I'm not a blender so <clears throat> I can't answer that with like with a, a ton of uh, like experience behind me uh, from what I've heard uh, blending a connecticut can be tough yeah and because you it's it's tough for a couple of reasons and there's probably a lot of people that are going to cringe about the things that i'm about to say but that's just because i'm I'm not a professional blender and I, i've already said that so but to me blending a connecticut the whole point of blending a connecticut is to get those um, those notes from the wrapper you want to make sure that you don't run over the wrapper. And if you do, and that's got to be really easy to do with a really light tobacco. Huh. So you're talking about fillers that, I mean, what were the fillers on the binder and fillers in this? was a Sumatran binder, right? and it had fillers from all over the place.
1: Dominican, Brazil, yeah, and, so and Pennsylvania. Yeah, so
0: running into these, these heavier, um, stronger-flavored tobaccos and still wanting that wrapper to shine, that's going to be, I imagine that's pretty tough. Yeah, no, it... it Seems to make pretty logical sense that it. Would I'm not be saying similar. that a darker cigar is easier to make, mm. but I would imagine that a Connecticut's pretty difficult. Yep. And b- blending any cigar is difficult. Sure. I've no. tried it a few times. You've smoked some of the stuff that I made. It was good for the first half. Thanks. <laughs> it was, uh, uh, and that's in a very controlled environment. That's not with like, hey, any kind of tobacco you that's want. That's with Willie like, Herrera actually yeah. sitting there with you. And he's right? like saying, no, maybe use that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, both th- thumbs up. That's good. Yep. It's a fun pairing. Uh, Randy, we're going to be at uh, TPE, which stands for Tobacco Products Expo. Tobacco Plus. Oh. Tobacco Plus I like products better. We should talk to them about that. You do that. (laughs) You do that. So we'll be at at TPE, which uh, we leave a week from today. We're going to be in Vegas. I'll be darned. A week from today. I'll be darned. Uh, yeah, You sure it's on your calendar? Yeah, I, say, I better start <laughs> my, my stunned some, uh, travel, travel plans. Uh,
1: so we will not be airing correct. Uh, A to Z, a flavor Odyssey um, next week, which would be, uh, what, Wednesday? The 29th? The 28th? 20 29th. 29th, correct. 29th, we will not be airing an episode. But I'm um, sure
0: we'll, ev- sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sure we'll be doing some stuff from the show floor, oh, probably some yeah. lives and some... Uh, I don't know if we'll be doing videos in the pool like we did last time. I don't know what the weather's like in Vegas. It's probably not pool weather. I don't know. Does it yeah. ever get cold in Vegas? I don't think so. Yeah, maybe it is pool weather. <laughs> yeah. should, should I get a spray tan before we go? Probably. Yeah, that's probably good. Uh, no,
1: so absolutely. You should be following uh, Cigar Dojo. We're going to be doing uh, uh, some interviews. I don't think the coverage will be nearly what uh, we do for the uh, what was IPCPR is now the PCA show. Um, but there will be some great uh Uh, demonstrations and and seminars going on we're gonna want to be letting people know uh, what's going on over there I can tell you that I do know what our next show is though Mm. with this being the letter R we will be doing the letter s next you know what that
0: also stands for Super Bowl Randy oh my goodness
1: (laughs) I still don't know how you came out with that Um, and so I know that the cigar is one that I'm very excited about smoking it is from our friends over at Southern Draw. Uh, so Robert and Sharon Holt have uh, have had a great couple of years yeah. uh, of releases. And we're going to be smoking a cigar that I've never smoked from uh, Southern Draw in the Firethorn. Nice. Yeah. And uh, I know a lot of people have kind of um, drawn attention to uh, there have been a lot of similarities in our pairings. As, uh, as we said earlier, Uh, We are drawn to Browns and Porters and Stouts quite a bit. Um, Robert Holt has stated that he believes that Firethorn is one of the best cigars that you could pair with an IPA. Boom. Yeah, so we haven't done an IPA yet on this show. So very exciting. Um, Do we know what IPA we're doing? I don't think so. Okay. We have to find an IPA that starts with the letter S. Oh, Sierra Nevada torpedo. We can just go out on a limb right now yeah, and say that works. That's probably good, yeah. Yeah. Let's that's do that. It. So we're gonna be doing Sierra Nevada torpedo. I think we may have IPA. already settled on that.
0: We might have. Yeah, because that came to your head pretty quick.
1: Uh well I was I was honestly I was thinking that's one of those uh IPAs that still have a lot of malt body. Yeah. Um oh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh and so uh we we won't go to the ultra ultra dry IPA right away on our first pairing of an IPA with a cigar, um, but we are looking forward to putting those two together. So Sierra Nevada Torpedo IPA with Southern Draw Firethorn.
0: I think we have a special size in the Firethorn too, don't we? Yeah, we got those double perfectos. Yeah, yeah, it's excited about that. Yeah. So we'll uh, more on that to come uh, this Friday, Smoke Night Live. Yeah. Is the uh, the coop show. Seed to Coop. Yeah, Seed to (laughs) Coop. I love it.
1: Yeah, Coop, I don't know why he's in Denver, uh, but he's actually going to be in studio, studio, live with Eric and Jordan. Um, So that ought to be a very fun show. Um, Obviously, a a lot going on in the industry right now, and uh, Coop and Eric can debate uh, what aspects of what's going on in the industry are...
0: Relevant and what or not? Exactly. There you go, <laughs> or at least they could try to. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Got to cut through some of the uh, <clears throat> some of the BS to figure out what's really going on. Some but of the press releases. Some. <laughs> God, there have been a lot of press releases. <laughs> and and Coop, when I said that that wasn't directed towards you, so recently on Facebook I said, wow, I really hope <laughs> that the days of uh, the press releases of we are or aren't going to PCA. Um. Oh, I got it right. Thanks. Um. Yeah, those are. Did you see the the dojo release? That was the best one. That's that my was favorite. I was disappointed that Eric didn't call me for comment. I would have liked to contribute to that one, but whatever. <laughs> Had a quote. Yeah, it would have been nice to be uh, to to have a quote in that one. But anyway, again, thumbs up for Royal Agio Balmoral Añejo Exo Connecticut and the Rogue Dead Guy Ale. Check them out if you get the chance to do so. And we'll catch you guys in two weeks when the Odyssey continues. We'll